Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. We've had a couple of great weeks with wonderful guests speaking about digital decluttering. And now we're going to take a kind of funny step all the way backwards because Tuesday is Organize Your Home Office Day. So this entire month of March, our theme is going to be about setting up your home office. I was thinking that you might be wondering why my podcasts tend to be short and that I only cover one small section of a topic each week. I wanted you to know it's not to be teased or to drag you along like a great TV show. I only hope I can be as suspenseful as, say, Broadchurch, one of my favorite TV shows. They really do suck you in and drag you along. (laughs) I completely understand weekend Netflix binging. Partly, I like to listen to a podcast while I'm in my car, and most of my drives are 20 to 30 minutes. (laughs) And everyone is like me, right? Okay, just kidding. Seriously, I find most folks don't have a long attention span. No judgment. After all, I don't unless I'm watching Broadchurch. You're running around like your hair is on fire. You're late to meetings. Your to-do list is way too long. You're in a constant state of overwhelm, juggling the job, the kids, the dog, the volunteering. I get it. I hear this from my new clients all the time. Too many instructions and our heads implode. We can't keep a list of more than three things in our heads at any given time. That's why we need lists, but that's not what today is about. That's why I break down my training into tiny bite-sized segments so that your head doesn't implode. That wouldn't be pretty in your car. Could you imagine? If this all sounds like you, you could have a brain-based challenge. You might just be distracted in our overstimulating world. But if you feel like thinking during the workday is like slogging through the mud, you could be one of us. So what's a brain-based challenge? Our brains are not neurotypical. There you go with the big fancy words again, Catherine. It simply means that our brains are wired differently. We might have ADD and be faster than normal, an expression I learned from Peter Shankman, and I can relate to. You might have had childhood trauma that caused your brain to change. The prefrontal cortex of our brains is still changing well into our 20s. That's the part of your brain that's responsible for making good decisions, planning, prioritizing, and organizing. Or you could have had a traumatic brain injury. One of my clients was in a car accident and she had to relearn everything. Once she had the super important life skills down, like walking, talking, eating, I'm not exactly sure which one she had to learn, so I don't want to 
I'm kind of joking around, but she did have a whole bunch of things she had to relearn. So once she had those down, she worked with me to set up systems that help her better prioritize and manage her time and her workspace. By the way, she is, she's just an awesome, awesome person. I'm so happy and grateful that I got to work with her. If that's not you, or it is, either way, that's great. You're in a safe space. I call this my judgment-free zone. So climb aboard. I've got you, and we've got this. Let's break through the brain fog and find our focus. So you might have a home office because you're a work-from-home entrepreneur, or you occasionally work from home. I have a feeling that all of us are going to be dealing with this pretty soon because of this COVID virus, which has a fair amount of people in a panic. It's, it's quite entertaining to read all about this on various Facebook groups. So this could be a reason to suddenly be working from home. I happen to have a home-based business. Super easy. Or you might run what we call at the Productive Environment Network, a home office for the business of life. So what is that? That could be the parent who's in charge of doing all the bills and any other paperwork that might be related to family life. And you need a little space for that. So I had a client who had a desk in her kitchen and that's where she ran everything. It was command central. The most important thing you can do is choose the location for your home workspace. Ideally, it'll be separate from the rest of the everyday activities that make up home life. Now, you might be saying a desk in the kitchen, but her kids were off to school, and so during the day, they weren't there, and she got most of her work done at that desk while her kids were at school. So it wasn't a bad location at all. When we moved, we converted the guest room into my home office. We have guests a whopping twice a year. So that room sat empty about 368, 360 days per year. We like to live in our space. So when we moved, we downsized. I like to joke that it was a downsize, not a downgrade. I designed a lovely cook's kitchen and renovated the bathrooms. It looks small from the outside, but it lives really big. So I've helped clients set up home offices in lower levels or basement areas. Underutilized dining rooms. Don't we all have an underutilized dining room? I do. In fact, we're changing that space too to make it more functional. You might put it in a spare bedroom, or even I know of one gal who put hers in the family room. If you do that, make sure your desk faces towards the door. It gives you more of a sense of power. And ideally, have a wall behind your back that makes you feel really strong. So you might have noticed that I didn't suggest the master bedroom. That's because it's better to keep your sleep and your work completely separate. I don't know if you knew this, but two-thirds of adults take their smartphones to bed. That blue light is dreadful for your eyes, and it messes with your circadian rhythms and your melatonin, both of which prevent you from getting a good night's sleep. This applies to the computer, and sadly, it also applies to the TV. The most important thing you can do to be productive is get a good night's sleep. So why are most of us setting ourselves up for failure? I bet you're guessing by now that I encourage my clients to keep electronics in general out of the bedroom. And yes, that includes your TV. We don't have a TV in the bedroom, and I keep my tech plugged in in my kitchen. If I wake up restless in the night, it's a long walk down the hall. So that's pretty much zero temptation for me to pick up the phone in the middle of the night. Here endeth the electronics sermon. Now that you've got your perfect or semi-perfect location for your 
home office area, you'll want to get a desk or table and an office chair. There's a wide variety of possibilities for desks. I had a client who used a beautiful little round table. She was more interactive with her clients. You can even manage, believe it or not, with a piece of wood on top of sawhorses, so long as it's about 28 to 30 inches high from the floor. So in working with my home office clients, I see certain themes come up again and again. Inevitably, the person will be sitting either at the dining room table or on the sofa with a laptop in their lap, papers scattered every which way, and frustrated as all hell because they feel like they are spinning their wheels. There is a better way. I know. Ergonomics, yawn, and owe the expense. Ergonomics is the study of how our body works in space. An ergonomic office chair is the number one item that I encourage clients to drop some of their hard-earned dough on. You can always sit at an Ikea desk or that aforementioned board on top of sawhorses. I have an Ikea desk, and I really like it. You need to ensure that your body is situated in the right chair and in the right position if you want to avoid long-term back issues. When you shop for a chair, you must have the option to sit in it. Don't just purchase that chair online because your friend raves about it. Every person's body shape and size is different, and what fits your spouse or your office colleague may not work for you. If you absolutely must share a chair, please make sure it is adjustable. So how do you choose a chair? Or should I say a chair for your derriere? The first thing you want to look at is a full back. Your entire back should be supported from the bottom of your butt to the bottom of your neck. The chair should be made of breathable materials, and it should not be itchy or abrasive. You might be sitting it for eight hours. Do you want to sweat or do you want to be comfortable? I don't know about you. I don't really like sweating in my chair. It should have movement, ideally a swivel chair on wheels, then you don't have to get up out of your chair to get your office files, etc. You can just swivel around. Plus, that's fun. You want adjustability. So it used to be called the 90-degree joint rule. You want to make sure that you can sit comfortably with your feet on the floor. Now, if you're a little bit on the shorter side, you might need to get a footstool. Then when you're seated, you're going to check that your elbows, knees, hips, and feet each make 90-degree angles. But here's the switch. The recommendation is that we're reclined back slightly. Whoa. I know that goes all the way against all of our natural inclination to hunch over our laptops. So when you're going to buy an office chair, you're not going to be looking at it on the internet. Well, you can, but then you need to go sit in it. I strongly discourage clients from just purchasing a pretty chair they see on the internet because they won't know if it fits them size-wise. You could buy an Aeron chair. We all know they're amazing. You can get them refurbished for much below original asking price. And they come in different sizes, so you still need to sit in a few before you choose. Most local office supply furniture stores will have the ability to access refurbished Aeron chairs. I was in one of these stores and stumbled across a Han Miron ergonomic chair right on the showroom floor. It retailed for $700. I flipped it over, checked the price. My jaw dropped to the floor. It was under $200. So I went into the store manager and I asked what was going on. And he said it was being discontinued. Well, I know a deal when I see one. 
That chair was so comfortable. I paid my money and I fit that bad boy in the backseat of my car. You do not have to pay a ton for a chair. You just have to be willing to take a little time to look for them. Chairs that are really great, you're not going to get one for 50, 70 bucks. Uh, If you do, God bless you. I don't know where. But that expense is worth it. A lifetime of chiropractic costs much more. Plus, then you have those appointments to squeeze into your already busy day. Do you really want to add chiropractic to your hair on fire day? I don't think so. Buying that refurbished chair definitely brings that expense down. Does all of this still feel overwhelming? I suggest just focusing on one 10 to 15 minute step at a time. You'll have much greater success. So today, choose a location for your home office. Okay, you're done for the day. Check that one off. Tomorrow, you can see what in your home would work as a desk or you could buy one. And like I said, you can buy that one online if you want. After that, maybe the next day, you can send them some chairs. That's why Staples has the easy button, right? None of this should feel hard or onerous. We have enough of that already. Let's put the fun back into functional. So that's it for today. You've chosen your office space, hopefully gotten a desk and an office chair, or you will be this week. I'll be back next week with more pointers on setting up your home office. This is going to be a super fun month. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm always so grateful for you being here, listening to me on the Uncluttered Office podcast. If you like what you hear and think of someone who would love to hear it as well, I would so appreciate if you would share it. Be well and wishing you all success. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.